Well, hey there, friend. We're so glad you could join us. Here we like to highlight the best of humanity while offering a dose of positivity to hopefully brighten your day. But more importantly, we want you to know whatever you're feeling, whatever you're going through, you're not alone. We're here to stand with you. I'm Chuck Rendon. And I'm Amy Malawai. And this is A World of Hope. So it's that time once again for us to embark on another episode of CineSpark. And I don't know about you, Amy, but these are quickly becoming one of my favorite uh, things to do here in A World of Hopes. It's so fun uh, discussing some of these great movies that I just love. Yeah, it is pretty fun. I mean, I feel like we always had a good time with our recommendations, you know, so this is just a different different spin to it and it's yeah it's a lot of fun plus it means i get to watch another movie (laughs) right that's never a bad thing yeah yeah (laughs) well and it's really great like revisiting some of these films and kind of looking at them through this lens of positivity it just never uh, fails to put a smile on my face it's great to revisit these films and talk about them in such a positive way you know it's uh i and a lot of times i learn something new (laughs) so that's always great yeah, it's it's a good reminder to look for the positive, too, because I think it's become a little too easy for me to automatically see the negative. I don't know if I'm the only one who's struggling with that. No, I, I feel you on that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's good to to force myself to have that that positive spin. So, yeah. I agree. I agree, definitely. And this week, we're talking about a a film that, you know, honestly has just caught fire across the world. Like, I feel like everybody absolutely fell in love with this film. Uh, So this week, we are talking Disney's Encanto. Also known as, we don't talk about Bruno, no, no. (laughs) Yeah, well, for, yeah, for someone you're not supposed to talk about, everybody's talking about him, because, my God, dude, that song is everywhere, and uh, I'm not really complaining, because I haven't gotten tired of it yet, so there's always that. (laughs) And just to put this out there, there might potentially be some spoilers in this conversation. So if you have not seen Encanto and you want to go into the film completely spoiler-free, we recommend uh, shutting us down and then uh, watching the film and coming back so you can better enjoy the conversation. All right, so the synopsis for Encanto on Disney Plus reads, Walt Disney Animation Studios' Encanto, featuring all new songs by award-winning songwriter Lin-Manuel Miranda, tells the tale of the Madrigals, an extraordinary family living in a magical house in the Colombian mountains. But when Mirabel, the only ordinary family member, discovers the magic surrounding their home is in danger, she may be her family's last hope. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> right. So, Amy, did were you able to catch Encanto in the theater, or did you uh, catch it on Disney Plus? I was not ready to be in a movie theater yet, so I waited for Disney Plus and watched it at home. Yeah, I was. I was definitely in that same boat. 
waited for Disney Plus. I wasn't really sure what to expect. Uh, I did know that I was probably going to enjoy the songs because Lin-Manuel Miranda certainly has yet to let me down. I I absolutely love the Moana soundtrack and almost everything he's done at this point. So uh, I knew the songs were going to be fun. Wasn't really sure in the story. And frankly, I uh, ended up loving it. I don't don't know about you. What what were your initial impressions of the film? Yeah, so I went into it... um getting lots of positive feedback from from different people and friends who had already seen it and everyone seemed to have uh, the consensus that I would enjoy it so I really didn't know what to expect I knew nothing about the storyline or anything um, going into it I just hit play and (laughs) ran with it Right. And I will say that like it took me like it took me a couple viewings to like fully connect with it. Okay. The the storyline and and maybe it's because I I struggle with focus in something new like that anyways. I don't know if I've shared this here or not, but like I completely missed a very important part of like the first 10 minutes of up. And so like, I didn't understand why people were so like emotional about the beginning of the movie (laughs) because I missed the whole like point that she dies, you know, like I missed that very different movie. Yes. Yes. There's, there's little nuances and things that I don't always catch right away or in my squirrel moments. Like I, I just, I miss things. And I think for me, like I, I didn't, um, I was ha- I was struggling with the storyline. I think I was like trying too hard to make it make sense <laughs> in my head. Um, I was like, well, I don't understand the candle. I don't know what is happening. Why did like I just there was too. I was trying to reason too much when okay okay I needed to I, approach I it that. differently. <laughs> right. So the yeah the storyline lost me a little bit at first. But I, you know, after my first viewing, I, I, I really did enjoy it. The music, the colors, the characters, um, the funny moments, you know, the music for sure sold me. Like, I just enjoyed the music. So, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I've watched it. I, I can't tell you how many times I've watched it now. But, uh, but yeah, I enjoyed it. The, the animation was very fun and colorful the color palette that they use i think really like i connected with that a lot i don't know why yeah it was definitely bright and vivid like the colors Mm -hmm. really sold like the environment and kind of the the magic within right yeah yeah and like i would even say like the glow like i loved the glow of the magics like the candle the doors when they would glow. like um i liked that aspect as well um as far as the aesthetics of 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 what we saw those doors were amazing like you basically got your own like magical little domain as we saw with some of those characters like as they went in their door like it was almost never ending it was like your own like world or the world yeah 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 so that was that was very cool the music was definitely fun it was catchy um again like 
I feel like Lin-Manuel Miranda has like a very distinct style. I wish that all cultures could have a Lin-Manuel Miranda type person to represent them because he does it so well. <laughs> you know what I mean? As far uh, he, as, he as, as musically connecting um, and, and sharing um, his culture and, and what what he's familiar with, that's the kind of person you want <laughs> to have in your camp. Very true. Very true. I love the music. Like I don't, I can maybe understand a word here or there, but like I have no idea what it's about, but I really like it. (laughs) Yeah. No, as do I like the music really, uh, in a large part, it really uplifts the film. I mean, it kind of takes it from like the ordinary to the extraordinary. The the music Mm -hmm. certainly hits, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, speaking of the music, do you, do you have a favorite song from the film? Something that really stood out to you? I think the first the first song that I really loved was the the I don't even know the name of it. It's the really emotional one that's in Spanish. It's absolutely beautiful. It's the one that was Grammy nominated, and, and I, I don't know the name of it. But that was the first song that I like love loved. It was just a beautiful song. And then um, of course, because they're so dang catchy, the um, under pressure or what's the Louisa song. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sur- surface pressure is the Surface the pressure. Song. And we don't talk about Bruno. Of course, those two are like they're, they're super very catchy. catchy. Yeah. And yeah. then, and even Mirabelle's song at the beginning, like they're just so dang catchy. <laughs> right. Well, that's something, you know, that Lynn Manuel does really well. Yeah. I, I think he, he mm-hmm. kind of took a page out of the Sherman brother. Like he's very sing songy. Like they stay in your head. Like it's just something that you can hum and it just right. doesn't leave you. <laughs> he gets you know? the hook and you're caught right. for sure. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I love like how each of Mirabelle's sisters had their own song. And and honestly, like both of their songs were great because it gave you a, a look into who they were as people and kind of mm-hmm. what they were dealing with, you know, in the case of Louisa, like just the pressure to always be strong and carry everybody and not show a moment of weakness. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Isabella, of course, just trying to be perfect also perfect. <laughs> like in, in her own perfect way, like, pretty princess angel right, sister right. yeah and how basically you know both of them kind of were trapped in, in the expectations people had for them and, and really mm-hmm. i guess that they created for themselves those were just great insights even the opening song like the family madrigal like how uh, mirabelle introduces the entire family it's a great way to like for us to learn these people right up front and kind of their powers and our abilities mm-hmm. and it establishes right away how the townspeople like look up to the family Madrigal. Like these are the people who, <laughs> you know, almost they're they're not like gods to them, but you know, clearly like this is the foundation, the bedrock of their society, and they're they're like celebrities to these people. I think that's one of the main things of that family is that they they have these miracle this miracle that's bestowed upon them that gives them these gifts and they use their gifts to serve their community and their community is dependent upon them for that and um that's yeah what they're known for so yeah i just i think um i think the music 
not that I know a lot about Colombian culture, but I felt like I walked away from that movie experience getting a small taste of it, you know, just through the music, through what was visually represented. I think they, I think they did a nice job in, in that regard, making me feel like, like I had le- learned a little something new, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So that, that's a little bit of the music. And then I, I didn't mention it, but I, I also really loved uh, Mirabelle's uh, solo. I think it's called Waiting on a Miracle. That's where, mm. you know, we, we kind of learn a lot about her and like her struggles and, you know, just how uh, how she feels. Because it has to be really hard, right, to be the only one, at least on the surface, that is normal in a family of extraordinary people. <laughs> Like that, that has to take a toll and and clearly it has with her, right? Yeah. I mean, she's, I feel like she's because of that is almost like, well, between her and Bruno, they're the, the outcasts of the family, you know? Right. Right. You know, we might touch on this a little bit later, but you know, it's funny because they're the two characters that basically, at least on the surface, are very imperfect, right? So naturally, like, they're sort of the castaways or the castouts because the rest of the family, at least the perception, right, is they have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. We can't have imperfection. So that that in itself, I, I think, is an interesting theme in, in the film. But then at the same time, it's because of the both of them that things get better, Right. Well, and that's a great thing where the the film kind of flips the script on that and says like, hey, you know, perfection might not be all it's cracked up to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it could actually lead to some toxicity, which yeah, clearly, you know, some of these family members were dealing with. But uh, what what about characters? Did it did anyone in particular stand out to you? One of my favorite, I really like Peppa. She's funny. <laughs> I mean, Pe- Peppa is great. Dude, the dynamic yeah. between Peppa and Felix, like they seriously are the comic relief. Like <laughs> they're yes. I love I love their dynamic. Yeah, it's great. She's she's definitely funny. The fact that they linked her her gift is that she can control the weather. Right. Uh, or that she affects the weather. We'll say that. But she is a highly emotional person. I love that she feels everything so intensely that it affects the weather. Like, <laughs> I don't know. There's something about that that um, that spoke to me. And I think it has a lot to do with my, here's here's deep confession moment here, um, my inability to always identify what I'm feeling in a given moment and to feel like a hundred percent comfortable in expressing my emotion. So to see that depicted in this really funny character, I don't know. I just, I, it made me love her. Um, so she was probably one of my favorites. I also really enjoyed, I think her name is Dolores. She's one of the cousins. Yes. Yes. And she's the one who her gift is like the ability She has like superhuman hearing. She can hear, the quietest, you know, you could be on the other side of the house and she can hear you clearly. So like, there's this one moment where, um, I think that we I forget who Mirabelle is talking to. I think it's her, is it her dad? Maybe. Anyways, she's, she's like, <laughs> it's this moment where like a, 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 a secret comes out and they're like, well, no, can't tell anybody. Can't tell anybody. Oh, and she's right, on the right. other side of the house and you hear this little, 
Like this little, yeah. like, cause she heard and her head turns and she always makes a little sound <laughs> because she yeah, hears was what great. somebody was saying. Yeah. Um, so she's kind of, she's kind of funny. I, 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 I apparently like the, the funny girls. <laughs> Can you imagine though? Like, it, I feel like it would almost be a curse to have her ability though, to be able to hear everything. Yeah. That would be hard. Yeah, because you you know, dude, you're hearing a lot of things that you do not want to know. <laughs> right, you know? right. And, and well, and plus, like, she was really the only one that knew that Bruno was still there because she heard him in the mm-hmm. walls. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, like she, yeah, in a, in a way, she kind of knew everything because because of that ability. So uh, definitely an interesting spot to be in. Yeah. So I think as far as quirky characters, they were probably. At the top of my list. I mean, I, you can't help but love Mirabelle. At least I, I enjoyed her. So I would definitely put her on my favorite list as well. Yeah, no, she was a great main lead for sure. Yes. And I thought the little the, the little boy who got his gift at the beginning, um, Antonio. Oh, Antonio. Yeah, yeah. I thought he, he was cute. And I don't know if it was because of the whoever they had doing his voice was adorable. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and his, his relationship with Mirabelle was just uh, precious, too. You know, I, I yeah. loved like how close they were. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. How about you? You have a favorite? Peppa and Felix, dude, those were definitely two of my favorite characters. Anytime they were on screen, dude, I was just grinning from ear to ear because I just loved their dynamic. You touched on Peppa's power and how, you know, her emotions are just sort of uh, on front street for everybody to see, right? Because you could tell Mm -hmm. whatever the weather is, well, that's what Peppa's feeling. (laughs) In a way, I can kind of relate to that, too, because that's sort of, you know, I'm someone who likes to sometimes to my detriment like i'm very empathic so i i like everybody to be comfortable around me so the idea of like trying to control my emotions to make sure everybody is comfortable right Mm -hmm. in peppa's case like yeah if she loses control uh it just snows or rains on everybody or whatever you know so i i can definitely relate to the pressure the internal pressure you put on yourself to you know allow the people around you to not kind of uh suffer because of your what what you're dealing with Mm -hmm. for that reason like i really related to her uh but another character i really loved was um well really just both of mirabelle's parents i just thought you know their uh love for mirabelle like I, i love how it just shined through and they were always so adamant that she was special mm-hmm. and they didn't really necessarily buy into the whole well you know you don't have your power so you know you're not like they treated her like she was the greatest thing and to me it was just such a loving relationship and you're just you're just left to think that that's yes dude that that's how every parent like you just love to see that relationship you know Mm -hmm. they encouraged her and you could tell like the warmth and strength that mirabelle had uh, you know, clearly that was fostered by her parents. Like they, they loved her and, you know, they didn't treat her any differently, which, uh, yeah, I thought was great. And I think like for me, I think because there was so much, um, like family dysfunction and generational trauma represented throughout the movie, that right. seeing that healthy relationship was, um, made it shine even brighter for me throughout the movie 
As the film went on and we followed Mirabelle's path, you, you definitely got the sense that out of most of the family, like she was the one that was most grounded, right? Or like, mm-hmm. or really, you know, had had the most inner strength and belief in herself. And, you know, I, I really think that that her parents like really helped foster that, you know, like yeah. if, if she had had any other parents or any other set of circumstances and having that moment where, you know, her on her birthday like she didn't get her power like it, it would have crushed her right but i think because she had the parents she did uh that that really helped make her who she mm-hmm. was yeah all right well let's well, what, let's say we transition into the hope a bit of this film so a- after watching it uh well it, for both of us a few times now <laughs> what's uh what is some of the hope that you uh you take from encanto well, I think like the main thing for me, you know, is is this idea of. I mean, first of all, you have um, Mirabelle. She's she embodies kindness, and um, she's just a sweet person. She is helpful to her family. She really is just trying to figure out, you know, who she is and how she fits into her world and and specifically how she fits into her family. And I think one of the reasons that, uh, that I connect with her so much as a character is that, you know, she, she definitely, um, comes off as feeling this sense of, of great responsibility for her family, um, for their well-being, almost beyond what she should really be responsible for, you know? Right. But uh, it's this idea of just being who you are and that who you are is all that you need to be, who you are and, and, you know, gifts and whatever aside, like just being you is enough. Just being you is, is what's important and is what, um, is key to her, like her family dynamic. Um, so just to like see that portrayed in a movie, that was like so hopeful and encouraging to me. Um, I think also to seeing um, the light bulbs finally go off for the grandmother, for Alma at the end. Right. And seeing a character kind of um, accept or yeah, accept and understand like their role in, creating this generational trauma that was haunting their family and causing their 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 beautiful casita to fall apart and and the extra burden that she was placing on on her family as a result of i mean essentially it was fear right when we let fear control our lives is how damaging that can be um so to to see the healing that can come when we admit and acknowledge those those truths and let them go and let go of fear. Um, the forgiveness and healing that can come from that is powerful. And it was, it was really cool to see the new beginning at the end of the movie and um, just kind of what, what the casita evolved into at the end, <laughs> thanks to all of that, you know, coming to light. Right. So I, that was a, the moment between Abuelita and, and, uh, Mirabelle was was really sweet at the end, and 
yeah, that that was for me the the major component of hope is that healing and restoration of those types of dynamics and those types of family situations is possible and just how magical that can be. So yeah, that, that was kind of my, my big hope nugget that I left with. Uh, Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you, man. That was uh, the relationship between Abuela Ama and uh, Mirabelle, you know, that that was definitely one of the more important ones. And to see how that evolved throughout the film and how it ultimately concluded with basically, like you said, Alma sort of recognizing, you know, the the trauma that she uh, initiated and taking Mm -hmm. ownership of it and changing it for the better you know that's definitely a hopeful thing and i think it's a message that we could all get behind for sure i also think you know and this sort of ties into that as well one of the big things the film talks about uh is this idea of you know and you mentioned the fear kind of this fear of perfection right like i think that's what all of the Mm -hmm family Madrigal, they were, they were feeling this intense pressure to always be perfect. You know, uh, you saw it with, uh, Peppa, you know, she was always just trying to control like her emotions and she, she basically mm-hmm. was just frazzled all the time because, you know, she was just so worried about having the wrong emotion. It was very Elsa conceal. Don't feel like you. exactly, exactly. <laughs> And it's interesting because, you know, as we uh, learn with Bruno, right, like one of the reasons that he became, well, that he left was because his gifts didn't afford him that luxury. The future, like his visions were imperfect. Mm -hmm. They couldn't be this perfect little thing. And so he, he basically had to retreat to the shadows because he couldn't be, you know, at least in Alma's opinion, like what they had to be like this you know, this perfect family unit that was just projecting nothing but strength and hope and mm-hmm. you know, for all the townsfolk. And that was one of the, the main callbacks with, you know, uh, Bruno and Peppa, right? Like how he, quote unquote, ruined her wedding day because of mm-hmm. his vision. And what really, his vision was actually to help her. Like it was just showing her, Hey, it's okay to let loose, man. Like feel your emotions. Like it's not going to ruin things. Like it's, it's actually going to make you even more special. Uh, you know, and we, we saw the same with Mirabelle's relationship with Isabel, right? And like how she was able to free Isabel from this idea of perfection, like that she always has to create these beautiful flowers, like that she can actually, create other things that aren't perfect and in that way like she's more free to be herself like you don't have to like hide who you are Mm. uh, under the guise of just what you feel society wants you to be And, and i think that's what's so cool about both the characters of mirabelle and bruno is these were at least in the beginning of the film you know they were the characters that were deemed imperfect, but by the end, like they're the ones that actually showed everyone that, Hey, your uh, perfection, your pursuit of perfection, like it's destroying things mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, be more like us and, uh, or, or at least Mirabelle, right? Like believe in yourself, be yourself and you'll find yourself free. And it, it's a different kind of magic. And as you mentioned, like the house, casita like 
it, it was a different kind of magic at the end, you know, because they were finally free of this burden of, you know, this positive toxicity, you know, that we can now be ourselves and the town and everybody, you know, they're, they're just stronger for it all at the end. And so for me, that's ultimately what I, cause I certainly, and I'm sure a lot of us struggle with this idea of just trying to be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> like to yeah. the point where you just put so much pressure on yourself uh, that you don't really allow yourself to enjoy like certain moments because you're just struggling to live up to this idea that you have in your head of what society needs you to be or what your family needs you to be. Anybody's expectations of you, really. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, Isabella, I feel like she represented that because her whole family thought that she was supposed to marry that one guy. <laughs> and right, she was right. like, I don't, I don't even like him. Like, <laughs> it, yeah, it's always <laughs> this live, this idea of living up to other people's expectations, whether it's, you know, what, what our family thinks we should do or be like or, you know, that pursuit of perfectionism and not revealing our flaws, you know, cause that's a weakness, but yeah, that's definitely a huge component of, of what this movie tackles in such a great way. Yeah, de definitely. And so I, I think for me, that, that's why it resonated and hit so hard. I wasn't really expecting to walk away with that kind of message. And it's it just one that just really hit home for me. And, and like I said, I, I, I think this is sort of a universal theme that we, we all kind of deal with right with, yeah. with these expectations and, and a lot of times you know it's the expectations we place on ourselves. even like we, we mm -hmm, just uh, mm -hmm. have this pursuit of perfection if you will and yeah uh, just allowing yourself to be free and at the end that's what we learned that Mirabelle's like true power was her ability to just allow herself to be all of herself and accept her for who she is. And, uh, you know, by the end, like the rest of the family was able to do that as well. And they all unlocked like basically their family powers. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like they, instead of all just having a single door, like they had like the family door. And I, I think that was, uh, that was definitely a, a good way for it to end. And it just, yeah, it, was, it was very impactful for me. Yeah, definitely. All right, so that is Disney's Encanto. Definitely a lot of hope and positivity can be found in it. And uh, if you have yet to catch it, you can currently uh, watch it on Disney Plus if you're a subscriber. Otherwise, you can also rent and purchase it from Amazon, Google, uh, pretty much all the, uh, the normal players in that game. So... Yeah, Encanto, definitely a, a film that was a pleasant surprise. Like I said, I, I certainly expected to enjoy the music, uh, but the story really, uh, yeah, really touched me. I, I really enjoyed it. And everybody clearly loves to talk about Bruno, just saying. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a long time before uh, anyone lets that go. All right. Well, I think that about does it for this episode. If you enjoyed your time with us, the best way to ensure you never miss a conversation is to subscribe and follow the podcast. You can find out how to do that at worldofhopes.com. And we would love to connect with you between episodes on our Instagram. You can find us at AWO Hopes. Don't forget to tag us in any stories of hope you find and share your own experiences of hope and positivity with us there. 
And with that, don't forget to spread a little bit of hope in your corner of the world. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Take care. We'll talk with you soon. Bye. We open up to a world of hopes. Amy is struggling to find a place to put her iPad. The struggle is real. We have an issues over here. Situated. I'm just going to try not to move or touch anything. That's a good rule of thumb. <laughs>